Good morning, and welcome to this edition of Advice Worth Keeping, KPMG's podcast series where we interview firm executives and thought leaders, as well as third-party industry luminaries and experts on important global business trends, topics, and leading practices. My name is Stan LaPique, and I lead global research for KPMG's Management Consulting Services Group. And I'm pleased to have back with us again today Mr. Caleb Quirin. Caleb's a member of the U.S. firm. He's one of the firm's cybersecurity experts and a regular here on Advice Worth Keeping. So we're always glad to hear Caleb's words of wisdom around security, which every day gets to be a more and more important topic. So, Caleb, thanks for joining us here again today. Happy to be back, Stan. So I think we have a cool topic, if that's the right word to use today, and that is chaos engineering and how can it help my business? So I'm curious, Caleb, what is chaos engineering? So chaos engineering is a practice, an emerging practice around ways to explore resiliency for our business because we know that if we go offline or are susceptible to vulnerabilities, that means cost. Normally we talk about those things as high risk, right? Risk means just unpredictable costs. We don't know when we're going to pay, but we will pay if we have those types of things in the environment. But what we'd like to do is to minimize risk, and we do that by uncovering weakness or vulnerabilities. Chaos engineering is a method of experimentation to uncover where the weaknesses are in our organization. And it became mostly known by companies who are cloud-based today and exploring what happens when one of their servers goes offline because they know those things happen at a certain interval. They don't know when always, but sooner or later, even though they're cloud machines, nobody really knows why, but some percentage of them will go offline regularly. That unpredictability led them to think about how they might actually introduce situations like that to learn more about the downstream effects. So, you know, our audience is probably thinking, (laughs) don't say it, Caleb. Don't say they took those machines offline on purpose just to study the effects. And, And actually, that is exactly what chaos engineering, where it came from. It's a practice of introducing random or relatively unpredictable events that might harm the business in a very controlled manner as an experiment to learn, and then using that learning to make your environment more resilient. Intuitively, I would say this sounds detrimental and risky, but apparently it's not if you're learning something from these lessons. Is that accurate? You nailed it. I mean, the point is is that things like this are already happening. They go down by themselves. We have an opportunity to learn from those. If we can manufacture those situations, we have a little bit more control over being prepared for them as they happen to us when we're not actually causing them. There's a couple other things I would share to the audience. They might sound, at first, not comfortable with the idea. There's a very long tradition of this type of behavior in businesses. They call it fault tolerance or fault injection in industries like telecom, aviation, or finance. This is really the cloud era way of thinking about this for information systems. And the other thing I would share is that we're not perhaps as reckless about this as I it may have made it sound earlier. There's two major controls we put on all of these experiments, and that is, one, we have what we call a big red button, which is the stop button. In a technical sense, that means when we have an experiment planned and underway, we can always stop it at any moment. Second thing is they call it limiting the blast radius. That means having it confined. Your experiment should only be able to affect a certain group of systems so that it can't affect a broader business. We just learn from it in a controlled environment. How much does this cost to do it? Is the cost prohibitive in that it's something a firm should bear to have these lessons learned, or is it really not that costly? 
a decision of value, the relative value of chaos engineering is fun conversation. It's like a lot of services that we pay for all the time as business leaders to reduce risk. Information security is right in that area as well. These services, there are technical approaches to this that are relatively inexpensive. A lot of cloud providers have pockets of offerings that address this desire. There's even third-party providers who've come on the scene and sell similar services. In the big picture, it's a low-cost investment. Of course, it has to be prioritized with all of the other business objectives, which may focus on growth as opposed to reducing risk. But at the end of the day, this is a cost saver. It's like many things. You need to pay a little money up front, but in the long run, you're getting your investment back. Absolutely. So where does an organization begin with this? Because there's obviously a lot of systems out there, a lot of servers, a lot of applications running. How do they decide where to begin with this type of effort? Yeah, perhaps not surprisingly, we start small. We wouldn't roll something like this out in a very large manner. We would assign a a small team probably to, uh, as we say, experiment with the experiment and really get to know what it means for the organization and what parts of the organization where this type of approach could be applied because it's definitely not everywhere. There's certain things where you don't want to do this. But at the end of the day, it's a pretty low investment and it's the type of thing where we focus on sophistication is a two-by-two square, if you will. If you imagine a chart where on one axis there's the sophistication of our experiments and then On the other, it's the adoption across our enterprise. So we're definitely not going to be adopted everywhere in the enterprise with highly sophisticated experiments out of the gate. We're going to start small with some pretty basic experiments to better understand where we have weaknesses and then evolve over time. So to wrap up then, Caleb, what's the advice worth keeping on chaos engineering? What should the leaders be doing in this space? And given it's a pretty new space, there maybe aren't many leaders, but what should a typical organization be doing to become a leader relative to chaos engineering? Here's the way I would suggest our audience think about this. Everybody's infrastructure experiences downtime. I think that's a very fair statement. Sooner or later, we either go offline a little bit or a lot. We can get better at that if we take steps against it. You know, there's traditional business continuity plans, which are related. But I would ask our leaders and our audience out there listening to think about the last three outages that they experienced and then ask themselves if they're really doing all they can to ensure uptime. This is a tool to help ensure better uptime. And if you don't exercise a muscle like this, it's pretty unlikely you're going to get stronger. Then chaos engineering is a way to actually feel the impact of outages on the organization and get stronger sooner. So it's just like taking your resiliency teams and infrastructure to the gym. That's a great analogy. Well, Caleb, thanks for introducing our listeners to the idea of chaos engineering, and it sounds like a great, new, and very innovative way to help with their security efforts. There may be one question, since this is a pretty new topic. Are there places our listeners should go to learn things? Is there an institute of chaos engineering yet, or are there places they could go to educate themselves more on this? There is an emerging set of local meetups where mostly tech firms get together and discuss this in different cities. There's an annual event now that takes place on usually in the West Coast of the U.S. that people can look into called the Chaos Community Day. So it's out there. Okay, great. All right, well, Caleb, thanks again for your time today. Very good stuff, and we'll get you back again soon. And you can find the links to the items we referenced in the show today below the podcast. If you're online, of course, the URL for that is kpmg.com slash US slash podcast. That's a wrap. Thanks for your participation.